Welcome to the Real Pill Podcast. This is your host and writer for your entertainment corner, Kelsey Loisel. There's Mark with that quizzical look on his face again. These headphones are wonderful. Like, I can really just hear what we're recording. <laughs> They're awesome. Let's introduce yourself. <laughs> Uh, how do I do it? I did my name first, right? Mark Salcedo, managing editor and writer at Screen Geek. <laughs> oh my know. God. Headphones, they exist. I know. No, like. It's because it, I've deprived you for so long. Yeah. Yeah. Because the story goes that I had a pair of headphones that I bought specifically for me because I'm the one doing all the sound checking and mixing and everything. And Kelsey was like, I don't like these headphones you got me. Because they hurt. That just sounds like an excuse. <laughs> it's just weird. It's just weird because I got good quality headphones on. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is actually good quality shit. As opposed to like, I'm hearing this and hearing everything on the outside at the same time. Yeah. What a crazy world we live in. I know. Modern design. Modern design. Of headphones. I know, right? Mm-hmm. Just scratch my <laughs> upper lip. <laughs> With your teeth. I know. I decided, not like I don't have hands. I know. <laughs> no, but it sounds better when you do that on the mic. Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't that. It was just how you were talking. Like, if you had food uh, in yeah, your mouth. Yeah, guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's just making me think. Hmm. You know, you should have said when you put your headphones on and you heard them, all like, heard everything through them and how amazing they are. What? What should I have said? Oh my god, 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 oh my god. <laughs> Do you think it's taking the Lord's name in vain to say oh my god a whole bunch of times really fast like that? No. Okay. Good. Because I don't care anyway. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. I know. Wait, hold on, hold on. Oh my god. Let's see if I got it right. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. At the real appeal to ease in real, you can email us at therealappeal at gmail.com. If you could please review us on iTunes and we'll get noticed. And our segments for this week our recent review of Nope, our deathbed do over of Signs, Geriatric Cinematic, Night of the Creeps, and what is the Turpic? <laughs> Creeping for a probin. I feel like that's the weirdest thing you ever wrote. Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with that? This is fucking weird. I mean, we're 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 watching a couple weird ass movies, um, or I'm sorry, reviewing a couple weird ass movies for this week, and we got a weird ass story uh, to talk about. <laughs> I uh, feel like you're gonna tell it the best. Um. So yeah, last time. Uh, our, on our last episode, we announced that we were going to be at the San Diego Comic-Con uh, working uh, our sites, doing interviews, and kind of hanging out and stuff like that. And um, we had a pretty good time uh, during the day. Uh, we walked the floor a little bit. Kelsey got to uh, do a couple of interviews for uh, this Peacock show called The Resort, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even out yet, right? Right, it comes out the 28th. Of uh, what, August? No, this month. Two days. Oh, okay, so it comes out. It comes out 
the day after uh, this podcast release. Um, and I myself went to the uh, Sandman panel at Hall H. Um, I went to the press conference for uh, AMC's uh, interview with the Vampire series, um, where I got to hang out with a couple of the actors and showrunners, actors and actresses and showrunners, um, which is pretty fun. Uh, I think the best part is there was free alcohol, mm -hmm. which is always great. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a decent time. Um, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, we didn't have a whole lot of time to walk the floor. Because, you know, we were there for work and kind of figuring out, like, where we got to go, what we got to do and everything like that. Like, I had the I had the opportunity to interview uh, screen actress Sean Young, but that unfortunately didn't work out. Um, I'm a little salty about that because I kept getting dicked around about that that interview. Mm. You know, the the whoever was handling that was like oh can we reschedule for this time can we go do it here can we do it this way or something like that and then by the end of the night there i just didn't hear from them i was like <laughs> all right whatever i didn't want to ask you like a thousand blake runner questions so whatever <laughs> <laughs> um but <laughs> the the most memorable thing that kelsey and i were part of it wasn't hall h for marvel studios presentation it wasn't for wb's Hall H presentation as well. Wasn't that? Uh, wasn't talking to, you know, Kristen Miliotti. Yeah, Christina Miliotti. Is it Christine or Christine? Kristen. Kristen Miliotti. And what was the Miliotti. other actor? What's the actor's name? I always forget the dude's name. It's like Jackson Michael Harris or some shit. Uh, that <laughs> dog's like, it's this name. <laughs> um, let me get or you know the guy who played in Norcos William Jackson. There it goes. Uh, William Jackson Harper. Harper. Uh, it wasn't. It wasn't Kelsey talking to them, or the showrunner of the resort. Which, uh, Kelsey, what's your opinion on on the show? Love it. Love it. I also made the the showrunner <laughs> tell Mark that he would never forgive him <laughs> if he didn't watch his show. Yeah, she she actually got that recorded. I did. <laughs> um but no the, the 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 thing is is so we're gonna go ahead and bring you on a little journey um we always go to yeah we always kelsey and i we always go to uh the coin, coin op. op the coin op uh gas lamp i think called, i think it's called coin hop gas lap quarter or some shit like that you said coin hop <laughs> coin hop gas lap <laughs> um, the coin op yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's the, sorry. It's the coin up game room, and it's in the gas lamp quarter in San Diego. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, Kelsey and I have been there a few times. I remember uh, when James came down, our buddy James came down here um, to help us with the uh, San Diego Comic Con. We hung out there. We had a we had a blast that time. Everybody was drinking, singing, and everything like that. Uh, so Kelsey and I were at this. Uh, <laughs> we're at this bar having our drinks, talking to some people. And yeah, we talked to some people. They asked Mark who he was. Yeah, it was like a, there was like a lovely couple that we were we were conversing with. <laughs> Which, who did you tell him you were? What did I tell him? Not Frank. Oh no, <laughs> that's right. I was like, so they kept call, calling him. Hey, the, nice uh, to meet you, Not Frank. Yeah, yeah, because I I told him I told him some insider of uh, Marvel information that I came across that I I I, I unfortunately cannot share um with with the listeners but like 
<laughs> I, I told them because I was like, they don't give a shit anyway. Yeah, they don't give a shit. Who the fuck they're going to tell them? They're just regular people or whatever. And they were like, what's your name? And I was like, not Frank. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Yeah. <laughs> so they were, they were like a nice couple and they, you know, they called it a night and eventually Kelsey and I, we, I think we we're getting close to like last call and we were going to call it a night as well. Um, and we walk out of the, the bar and we both step we step on the sidewalk and this dude bumps into me gray hair bearded white guy bumps into me right i'm like oh shit excuse me come to find out it's community creator co-creator of rick and morty fucking dan Hartman. <laughs> <laughs> it's dan Hartman and his entourage and dustin uh trittendale i think it's how you du- say it. duncan duncan yeah duncan trittendale who is um he has his own like philosophy podcast that's pretty successful he was the creator of midnight gospel that was on netflix and i was like holy shit dan Harmon! hey what's going on man and he was like oh what's up man he's clearly fucked up he's like, all plastered he's <laughs> drunk as shit right um and data and like i said with his entourage with how many maybe there's like maybe five six people or something like that within the group oh uh, yeah i think it was more maybe like seven yeah yeah seven yeah. people yeah so you know just say hey what's up and then you know he's like hey what's up and then like just go on their merry little way and kelsey and i look at each other we're like holy shit that was pretty cool like we bumped into dan Harmon, you know wow and kelsey and i we've seen him at Harmon town when he used to do host Harmon town we're very familiar with his work a lot of people are familiar with Rick and Morty. I love Community. That was a great show. I used and to he watch. has a new show coming out called Crapopolis. Yeah, yeah, and that's why he was there as well. And uh, so Kelsey and I, like, say we're like, all right, well, let's let's just walk. Let's maybe get an Uber or see what's going on. And I had this thought. I was like, you were like, where'd he go? You kept asking, like, where'd he go? Yeah, where'd he go? Because I had this thought. I was like, that'd be kind of weird if we bump into each other. We bump into each other again because it's. Because during the during San Diego weekend in the gas lamp quarters gas lamp quarter area, it gets wild. Everybody's walking around, talking, drinking. You see people in cosplay. You might bump into like, like in this case, you might bump somebody famous. I feel like this is probably what it's like being Mm. in fucking New Orleans. uh, You know, for fucking oh Mardi Gras. Yeah, Mardi Gras is is wilder, a lot more debauchery. I know, but I'm just saying, like, yeah, this is definitely not like. Your regular night in San Diego. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, <clears throat> like, I would even say this is wilder than a regular night in LA. <laughs> yeah. So, as I had that thought of like, oh, I wonder if we're gonna bump into again, and I'm saying, where where'd they go? I wonder where they go. We bumped into them again, <laughs> and they're like, I, I think they were like hanging out at the corner. They well, were trying I, to decide where they're I going. I just right? want to say we didn't follow them. They came oh, back. Yeah, yeah. We didn't follow them at all. We were just like, oh, that's cool. Because like normally you might bump into somebody, talk to them for a few minutes, take a picture, and then like that's it. You never see them again. You might see them again, but like that's it, right? Mm-hmm. And we weren't following them or anything like that. We're like, oh, that was just, that was pretty fucking cool. And I'm a like I said, I'm a huge Dan Harmon fan. Um, so yeah, we see him again. The, his whole entourage and i look at kelsey and we kind of have like this silent agreement like we're reading each other's mind we're like let's go let, talk to him no no like yeah let's let's just let's go talk to him let's just go let's see if we can hang out with them <laughs> <laughs> and and we're hang, we're we're hanging out in his entourage just talking to whoever's in the group just like hey how you doing this is <laughs> just shooting the shit right there's oh. one guy who's like 
the most drunk. <laughs> oh, which one? Oh, that, that wasn't Dan Harmon? No. That I, okay. There was the one who looked yeah. straight at me one time and he goes, you're part of the crew now. Yeah, 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 dude. Okay, that's the guy. I think that's the guy who helped us out. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we're, 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 we're just hanging out with him, talking to everybody. And like Kelsey said, this guy's like, you're part of the group now. We're like, all right, yeah, we're part he of the group He didn't say now. group. He said crew. Yeah, you're part of the crew now. <laughs> I was like, all right, we're part of the group. Fuck it. <laughs> like, whatever, right? <laughs> and and they, we're trying to get into this club, and there's a cover charge. Um, and like, I'm standing right next to Dan Harmon. <laughs> he's on my left, right? And he's like how much money is it to get in here? Like I have money and he pulls money out and it's all crumpled up. Mm-hmm. And I, like I go over to him actually, cause I wasn't that close to him. But when I, I then I was sitting right next to him mm-hmm. and I look, he's like, I have a million dollars. And I look and he has $6, $6 in his hand. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, look, I have a million dollars. Look. Yeah. And he kept saying he kept that. Saying it. I have a million dollars. I have a million dollars. They were like, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, so we're waiting in line. We're not. We're. I, we're not going to get inside. It seems like we're not going to get inside. Somebody. I don't remember who. Somebody says, "Hey, why don't we just go back to the hotel?" And I say, "Yeah, let's just go back to the hotel." <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're walking with everybody back to the hotel. I'm looking at Kelsey. She's looking at me. I have like the biggest fucking smile. Like, oh my god, let's see how far we can fucking take this. <laughs> And um, they, there's like there's like one drunk dude like talking to us. There's one dude. I guess he cosplayed as uh, as uh, Star Lord because I remember mm-hmm. he had that Star Lord yeah. mask. And I think I think I think I know who that would not like know personally who that was. But um, the next day I saw I was looking at Dan Harmon's Instagram account, and uh, I believe that's that was like a stunt guy that they got really friendly with. Oh, because um, the because he showed there was a video of it looked like the it looked like the similar dude, but he was wearing like a different clothes, and it was during the day. Mm-hmm. So I think that was him. Um, so while we're doing this, there's one person in the group who's looking at us suspiciously, like who the fuck are these people? Who the fuck are these people? Right, and and it, it, to kind of give an idea of the type of the people he was around, they were primarily white. And there was like one dude who was a bit taller than me. He was a kind of a big guy. Um, he had like same skin tone as I did. However, we still stuck out. Like Kelsey probably could have like fit in with the group because she's like a white person. She looked like she would hang with them. But I was standing out because I'm like this almost like six foot tall, like black dude wearing like a Hawaiian shirt that's like loud and shit. You know, like. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so we get into the hotel. <laughs> We get to the hotel and then we get into the no. I think we're waiting. We're waiting by the elevator door, and the the dude who's looking suspiciously is like, "Hey, like, who are you guys? Yeah, who are you guys? Or how do you know? Like, who, like who, how do you know them? Or who are you with? Yeah, and the and the drunk guy who said we're part of the crew was like, "Hey, I know these guys. Don't worry, they're cool." <laughs> they're like, "We know him." <laughs> so we get into the elevator and we're just like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" And then I see like one of the one of the girls, like one of the women has mm-hmm. on like this dress with like these peach colored flowers mm-hmm. and it like matches her tiny little leather purse. Yeah. 
And she's like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh, it's a cute purse. She's like, yeah, I just got this purse. I'm like, oh, it matches the flowers in your dress. She's like, yeah. So, like, that's why I got it. It's so cute. I'm like, oh, hey, it kind of matches my dress, too. Like, I got peach in my dress, you know? Like, oh, my just talk, God. Talking in the fucking elevator. Oh, my God. So. <laughs> but there's another girl, the one that, um, the one girl. Mm-hmm. Was just like kind of looking at us suspiciously too. Yeah, they were, yeah. So there was another person looking at us suspiciously, but they weren't saying anything. Yeah, and we're just like Kelsey and I have the same mindset. We're just like, let's just see how far we can take this. Let's just see where this goes, you know. And we get off the elevator, um, and we get to Dan Harmon's room. Right, door b- bursts open and everything. Dan Harmon like gets on the bed. He grabs like this big ass bottle of Kettle One vodka and uh, like. Out, uh, like one of the reasons I like Kettle One is because Dan Harmon kept talking about it, and mm-hmm. so I started drinking Kettle One. I was like, "Oh, he's right. This is actually really fucking good." Mm-hmm. So that's what I pretty much drink now because of Dan Harmon. <laughs> but he has like the big jug of Kettle One. It's a that's, jug. It's not a bottle. Yeah, it's the jug, and he's just like drinking it. He, yeah, he's like, like a, laying down. He's like, Whoa. yeah, and and uh, what's his name? Uh, um, the D- Dustin Duncan, Tr- yeah, Duncan, yeah, Duncan, Duncan Tris, Duncan Tristendale is like, hey, Dan, come on, man, get up, man, you're fucked up, blah, blah, blah. And Kelsey and I are still just talking to people, just hanging out and everything. And somebody says, hey, Dan, your room is pretty small compared to Duncan's. And Dan's like, wait, why is my room smaller than Duncan's? That's that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was kind of a cramped space for like eight people eight or nine people yeah. yeah and um so somebody says hey why don't we just go to duncan's room and i'm like all right let's all go to duncan's room <laughs> <laughs> so we walk out of the hotel we get back in the elevator i think we go like two floors up or something like that and we get to duncan uh, duncan tristendale's hotel room which is actually bigger it's a suite because yeah, they had a like a um there was like the regular part of the room they had like another room that had like a bunk bed yeah like those the the like like their queen size bunk beds or something like that Mm -hmm. um they had someone goes oh hey look at this they got a steam bath and so i went and i looked and they had like this really nice tub with a big ass golden duck next to the tub i'm like what the fuck yeah and i think somebody kept saying like why is there a golden duck in there like why you know (laughs) and we go into we go into the kitchen area. I'm pouring myself a drink. And I, I at one point, I think it was Har- Dan Harmon's wife was like, hey, you, come come help me go get ice, right? Yeah. She uh. was like, I need someone to help me get ice or whatever. I'm like, yeah, like, I'll help you get ice. Yeah. So and, we- and at that time, I actually was like, shit, don't leave me because they, they might be trying to separate us. Yeah. But go on, go on. So, well, that, I think that plays into your level of like, um, hmm. what's that word? paranoia yeah paranoia because like they're drunk ass white people they're not trying to separate anybody they just want to get more drunk (laughs) yeah (laughs) but anyways i left the room Mm -hmm. and it didn't lock because she left the like the the, the little latch so that it wouldn't let the door close yeah and um she's like i don't know who you are but um she's like yeah if you can help us get ice she's like like we're gonna need lots of ice that's a given I'm like, what? Who the fuck talks like that? Okay. Uh, and she hops in the elevator, because I'm like, I don't know where the ice room is, but like, mm-hmm. it would be out in the open out here, I would guess. But yeah, it wasn't. So she's like, she gets in the elevator, and I go down the hall and around the corner, uh-huh. 
And there's an ice, it says ice on a, like a frosted glass door. Yeah. And I open the, th- the ice chest and there's nothing in there. Uh-huh. So I'm like, fuck. So I went back to the room because yeah. I was like, hey, like maybe we should call like concierge or something because there's no ice in the ice chest. Uh-huh. But as soon as I get back in the room, what happens? Well, as soon as Kelsey gets back in the room where, oh, in like the kitchen area, it had like, it actually, it had a counter too that we can like set up and everything. And, um, my thought was, cause we had, we had been with them for almost like an hour. So it's, it's already like hitting two o'clock. Right. Um, I had this thought of like, okay, this is kind of getting boring now because it's just people stumbling around. Nobody's like really, it was it, like a drunk school of fish, right? Yeah. They were, all of them were talking. None of them were listening and they still didn't know if they wanted to be even in that room. Yeah, exactly. And I had this thought. So they were like a drunk school of fish. So I had this thought. I was like, okay, we either better get drunker. Someone better pull up some co- cocaine. Or I hope, or not I hope, or, or, or I, um, <laughs> either let's get drunker. Let's pull, someone pull out cocaine or. I hope everyone's going to start fucking or something like that. Cause I was, I was starting to get bored. I like wanted to be entertained. Right? <laughs> and then that's when the guy who had been looking at us was is conversing with the, with the other with the, girl with who the, was kind of suspicious of us. us. Yeah. And they're like looking at us and like, I'm, I'm like, shit, the jig is up. <laughs> <laughs> and this, and the, and the girl comes up to us and she was like, Hey, this is my room, and we don't know who you are, so, like, could you just leave? Yeah, yeah, and she says, like, this is just, like, for, like, friends and, like, friends and stuff like that. Or she, Because I remember her saying the word friends. Mm. And she was like, oh, can you guys, can you guys, is it okay? No, she said, it's okay if you guys, she's like, can you guys leave? And I was like, yeah, sure. All right. That's yeah, it. Yeah, we just, we just left. Yeah, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to argue with them, because clearly we did not belong in well, that group. Well, actually, um... <laughs> had this thought because i was still on the fucking i need to get ice mode mm-hmm. uh I, I like i told her too i'm like okay yeah we'll leave um i just want to let you know that there's no ice and i was asked to get ice so you probably have to call for like concierge to get the ice because there's none <laughs> but she kind of repeated herself like okay that's cool thanks but like can you go yeah and i'm like yeah i'm gonna fucking leave <laughs> yeah. just letting you know like i didn't want to just disappear with there's no ice. Yeah. I don't know. It was important to <laughs> yeah, me. You're, the fucking ice. Yeah, even though, even though we're getting kicked out, you're still like, you guys still need ice, though. Like, <laughs> let me just make sure you guys are okay. Yeah, I want to make ice. sure, like, that's me. <laughs> I want to fucking take care of people. Yeah, and, like, we walked out of the hotel, and we are just laughing the entire time back to the hotel. We're laughing to the elevator, laughing, going down the elevator, laughing outside the hotel, laughing into the Uber. <laughs> Like, we're just laughing, like, holy shit, can't believe we fucking did that. <laughs> and, like, how, how the people there are just like, who the fuck were they? How did they get us? <laughs> how did they latch on to us? That's so funny. They're probably, like, they were probably playing all these scenarios in their head, like, they, my, one of them might have had a gun. Or we didn't oh know God, who they yeah. were or something White like that. White people are fucking like that. Yeah. But also, they are, like... With someone who is well known, mm-hmm. so you never know what could happen. I guess. Yeah, and that's understandable. And and the thing is, is like Kelsey and I, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't like latch on to them or or get into that crew with any intentions of like ill will, yeah, or ill like, will or anything like that. I. But one thing I did do is I I made sure I got a video to be like, 
this happened. This actually <laughs> fucking happened. Yeah, like you, if you don't get a picture, it didn't happen. Yeah, it doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, so I got a I got a video of Dan Harmon like baby bottling a jug. Oh, <laughs> Well, Duncan Jersey was like, come on, Dan, get up, man. Come on, get up. Man. It's like a 10 second video. And I've shown like a few. I did, I did post it on my, my personal IG account um, in the story section, but they like delete it. So yeah. like, if, if like if you weren't there, if, if you, you didn't see it, you won't see. Yeah, it. you won't see. It. We're not going to like publish it. We're like, look, this is what we saw. <laughs> you know, something like that. Because yeah. we at least respect people's privacy to an extent. <laughs> yeah, to an extent. <laughs> I was surprised you posted that at all because I'm one of those people that's like, oh, shit, because <laughs> I'm like, they got money. We don't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it, it wasn't anything. It wasn't of like a crime being committed, uh, committed, committed or like nudity or anything, like nothing yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, everyone was, just, was fully clothed. There were no drugs, obviously, because yeah. <laughs> Mark's like, I wish there was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like. Like I said, that we—that's all we talked about. Like that night into the next day, we we're just like laughing our ass. I, I was hungover as shit, though. Oh yeah, no, I actually threw up like in the middle of the night. <laughs> oh yeah, and um, it was fucking Capri Sun looking fucking. Oh, those pouches are fucking deadly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, <laughs> that was that was our Comic Con experience, it, it, our Comic Con nighttime experience, which was. Uh, fun as fuck probably like the second best comic-con that i've been to yeah. uh the first is hanging out with kelsey and james because i her and i and james we had a fucking ball that yeah time. it was really fun um so yeah <laughs> that was a common experience <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh so what are, what are we doing next next we're gonna do our recent review of nope what if i told you that today you'll leave here different. Fox. Fox! I'm talking to you. Bro, what'd you see? Something above the clouds. That's big. How big? Big. You think whatever killed Pops is out there? Right here. You are gonna witness an absolute spectacle. So what happens next? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Here we go. Run, okay! Run! The synopsis is... The residents of a lonely gulch in inland California bear witness to an uncanny and chilling discovery. Directed and written by Jordan Peele. It stars... You can say his name. Oh, Diana Coulier? Uh-huh. Coulier. Kiki Palmer, Brandon Perea, Michael Wincott, and Stephen Yun. Um, so yeah, nope. The, th- the third installment of Jordan Peele's... Hopefully Jordan Peele's long directorial career um this this is shit this movie's been hyped up essentially since like us came out people are already like i want to see what his next project's gonna be um so kelsey and i we both love jordan pill's work we are like we huge fans of get out uh i know uh correct me if i'm wrong i know i really enjoyed us what, what was your opinion on, on us 
I enjoyed us. You mm. kind of liked it when you saw it, but then you're like, no, I see there's problems with it. I mean, yeah, there's problems with it, but it's still like a great, it, I think it still is a great piece of cinema. It's a, definitely, it's a thinker. It's a, it's a very, it's more abstract. I, than, and I think I loved it because it was abstract. Okay. So Nope is kind of a, kind of a departure. Uh, not so much. It still is. It's has, very still actually abstract. Mm-hmm. But like better, I say more of a, a, a spectacle, which I've been hearing uh, uh, a lot of people compare Nope to, which is just true. Also, yeah, it is a spectacle, but also his first two films mm-hmm. had to do with like the plight of black people. Yeah. And this one doesn't. It just has black people in it. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so Kelsey, what did you think of Jordan Peele's Nope? I really enjoyed it. I feel like it was so different that I can't really know for sure if i loved it mm-hmm. for some reason every when i saw daniel kaluuya on the on the screen yeah my immediate thought was i wish it was um fucking paper boy oh uh what's his name uh is brian tyrese howard i think his name is tyree mm-hmm. not tyrese Henry. <clears throat> Brian Tyree Henry. Okay. Brian Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so why do you... Yeah, Brian, yeah, you're right. Brian Tyree Henry. Why do you think... So you think he should have been in the Daniel Kaluuya uh, role? I think so. So wh- why do you think that? Because... So don't get me wrong. I love Daniel Kaluuya. Mm-hmm. But... There's a, th- the, a thing that Brian Tyree does. Like... Mm-hmm. I feel like he his face like he can be animated or he can be like fuck this shit but his eyes are always really expressive even if he's not really doing anything. Mm, okay. And Daniel Kaluuya, he was just look like he wanted to kill himself 5 years ago. Mm, okay. The whole okay. time. Okay. Like the whole time. And okay. I'm just kind of like 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 I get it but it just didn't he, maybe he looked too regular to me or something. I don't know. Like, he just didn't mm. seem like he fit with everybody else. Hmm. Okay. I didn't, I didn't really see that with his character. I mean, because, like, Kiki Palmer is very much, like... Very f- animated. Yeah, she's very animated. And I felt like with, in that situation, you need... Uh, a balance. A balance. Yeah, you need a, the funny man, you need the straight man. And mm-hmm. Dan Kool-Aid was clearly the straight man. I, I will admit that there was a couple of times he was a little too... Too straight. Yeah, too straight or too stoic, I think is the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Where it was kind of like, all right, dude, like, kind of put some oomph into your, like, your dialogue or what you're saying. I mean, and there are times where he was more involved with, like, his character and how he was uh, portraying uh, the role of OJ. Um, and I think and I liked... I was liking that more and more. Um, but... Uh, That's why I think I thought Brian Tyree Henry would have been great because mm. he can do that type of jaded mm, okay. without it feeling heavy. Okay. And you. you know what I mean? So yeah. he he feels involved even when he's not mm. like when he's not actively making you depressed by watching him. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So, so back to Kiki, Kiki Palmer. Um, now, Okay, so correct me, Kiki Palmer, she was part of like the Disney Club or something. What is she? she like? was, I don't know what she was on because uh. she was on the Disney Channel yeah. after I stopped watching it. Oh, uh, okay. But I distinctly remember going into a Disney store with my kid 
when she was like a baby or like real little mm. and kiki palmer was on the screen they had like big screens in the disney store yeah and she was like doing some music video or whatever for a song that she was doing for the disney channel oh okay because like i remember i remember when like nope was co- like the first trailer of nope came out and you're like oh kiki palmer's in it you would kind of keep bringing her up like you've been like following her career for a while no i haven't been but i there were times mm. i don't know why she made an impression on me mm, okay. i really honestly don't know why okay but she I, I feel like she was part of some show where she was like the president or something um she's had a lot of she's done a lot of work let me see if I can look at her stuff while you're talking. Uh, so yeah, like I, I enjoyed Kiki Palmer's uh, portrayal in this portrayal in this in this role. Um, uh, I honestly kind of like came into this movie watch, like after seeing the trailers a few times and thinking like, okay, she might be like too much for for me in this movie but i think she did it great especially like towards the end where she had to be more of a serious character and dealing with like the ramifications of what her and um dan coulier's uh character were involved with you know with this whole uh plot she was in aquila and the bee i didn't watch that oh okay i saw that a while ago she was actually a nickelodeon Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. True Jackson VP. I did used to watch that. Oh, okay. Where she was like... Oh, yeah. She was in Barbershop, too. Fuck. Yeah. She was in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Ice Age, Continental Drift. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I did enjoy her role. One person that I... Um, not that I wasn't surprised to see. I'm sorry. Yeah, I wasn't say, I'm not saying I was surprised to see because I've seen the trailers. But, like, this has kind of been, like, in and out of, like, in films and television for a while. Is Michael Wincock. Um, Michael Wincock, um, he, his most memorable role was the antagonist in Brandon Leaves the Crow. Um, and for... Anybody who remembers, that's that's the last movie Brandon Lee did. There was the incident where he was shot and everything. Oh, yeah, I remember he was in Westworld, too. Um, oh, that's where I know him from. Yeah, and he was in a couple episodes, 24. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm, like, seeing, like, all the stuff that he was in that I, I checked out. For some reason, out. I thought he was... You're going to laugh. Hmm. I thought he was the guy who was the director that was talking in the... Um, the um, what the fuck? Lion... The Tiger King... Um, docuseries oh <laughs> no that wasn't him no <laughs> look all white men with white hair look the same. yeah yeah but i i was actually really i, I really dug michael wincock's character and how um some of the underlying message or themes within this movie has to kind of do with like movie making um and like the the art and beauty of movie making but the obsession of it as well especially when his character says like certain lines like um some of the lines of like catching the sun on, on film but we're not supposed to like this kind of like Icarus, uh, Icarus kind of like angle that I, I felt this this story was dealing with with that particular character. Mm-hmm. Um, so I liked watching him. Um, didn't really ma- mind Brandon uh, Perea. I think I say his name. He played uh, Agent Torres. His character's alright. He he had a little bit of like. Uh, it just kind of reminds me of the one guy from um, from that show that I like. I don't know which 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 one. My brain's not working. Um, Euphoria. 
oh yeah he kind of did look like that character i know yeah. it's not the same guy but he looks like him yeah yeah yeah. well yeah. i think it's just because they had the same hairstyle yeah 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 um and steven yun he was all right it's just it's last you know like last time i saw steven yun was in minari yeah that oscar that oscar nominated role when i was just like and seeing him in this i'm like all right i can see why jordan pill got him but kind of gotta got somebody else. he could have got anybody else i think for that role yeah because he wasn't a huge part like his character was important but mm. he didn't have he wasn't on screen a lot yeah he didn't do anything super crazy yeah he didn't really like and I, I, i've heard this argument that if you had taken his character and his storyline out of the movie would have not skipped a beat it would just been like all right we're just following these people yeah um so what did you think of jordan pill's uh directing and writing I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, if <laughs> it's different than what he's done before, yeah. I also feel like that. You know how jaded I am about horror movies, mm-hmm. and how I used to be terrified when I was growing up, but then mm-hmm. they got fucking cheap. Yeah, the jump like, scare yeah, bullshit. You're 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 actually quite picky with your horror films, like, and not like in a snobby kind of way. You just I want to if I want to watch a scary movie, I want to be fucking scared. Yeah, yeah. Or you you at least want to be like entertained. Yeah. While watching it, like you know, you know, like Night of the Creeps, like that movie is. Oh, it's a horror scar- comedy. It's a horror comedy, but it's still entertaining. Yeah. To like watch you exactly, know? Uh, or like any horror films. Uh, what's that one movie we saw? We had a screener for it. Um, it was the one about that lady who was part of a cult and like those kids were fucking with her. Mm, I don't remember. Okay. I'll, I'll look it up, but, but continue. Um, well, even the one with the, um, the Siamese twin thing. Siamese swing thing. It, it was like streaming on like HBO and mm. it had, um, it had like a, Oh, uh, something with an M. I'm about to say Magnificent. <laughs> Malignant. <laughs> Malignant. Oh, oh, that's a wild ass movie. That's a horror movie. Uh huh. And it wouldn't, and a lot of people hated that movie. Uh, I liked it. Yeah. Like a lot of people also loved that movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, so as, as, as you were saying. Um, so I feel like he, he did a couple of jump scare type stuff, but he did it the right way, mm-hmm. right? Where it's not like, wah. Yeah. It was like, what is that? I can see it moving yeah it's the it's the anticipation yeah he does it. that right yeah you know it's funny because i had uh before watching this movie i saw an interview with jordan Peele. i think it was like a couple years old and he was talking about uh the type of horror films that he like and he says that like what he tries to what he likes in horror films it's not that like that when you don't see the monster like the audience's imagination will scare them like on their own you know, and as soon as you see the monster, you're like, oh, OK, well, I've seen it. All right. I'm yeah. no longer scared. <laughs> you know, and Jordan Peele, he does do that in this movie. At one point, I thought he was he was um, I thought he wasn't going true to that word with like a particular scene mm-hmm. that was like really into like and a it really, was kind of early on, too. Yeah. Yeah. And like we'll, we'll get into that scene in the spoiler section. But I remember Kelsey and I were watching that. And then, like, something moves, and I'm like, oh, fuck. We both were like, oh. <laughs> and, like, and, and at, at one point, I even, like, looked at Kelsey. I was like, oh, I fucking hate this movie. Because it was so scared of the shit. <laughs> I actually have, I, I actually, one of, the, one of the things I fear the most is, is an alien abduction. 
Oh, really? Yeah, that's like one of my biggest fears. It's Why like didn't a, I know that about you already? I think because like I don't really talk about it because it actually scares the shit out of me. To even talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> well, because here's the thing. I've, I, it's going to sound crazy. It's going to sound weird. Whatever. But I've actually seen like I've actually seen a couple of UFOs. Like oh. I actually have seen a couple of UFOs in my youth. You've been fucking holding out on me. We could have been talking about it because I've not seen one, and I'm uh, I don't judge people. I just want to know. Yeah, like, I want to hear about it. Well, normally when someone says like, "Oh, I've seen a UFO," they're like, oh, "Okay, whatever." You know, hey, they start thinking they're crazy or Jimmy it's like Carter bullshit. saw UFOs before he got in office. I think I've heard that story. I just I just heard that yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so one of so one of my fears is is seeing a ufo i've actually had nightmares of being abducted by aliens and it's not just like it's not like all oh, these aliens are taking me what do they look like what are they can do to me it's like they're gonna take you that's it they yeah take like you. you don't get to see home again yeah. you don't get to like your feet aren't on the ground anymore yeah yeah and, and maybe that's why you don't like elevators <laughs> no that's that has something to do with my balance like know, that, that makes me feel dizzy um but yeah so like this movie like there are scenes where like something comes out at night and I'm just like, oh fuck, it's gonna get into my fear of like aliens and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think it goes into like what Jordan Peele is really great at directing is horror, but he's great at like letting the audience's imagination just do the work for him. And mm-hmm. then he just like adds a little bit more to it, like, holy shit, holy shit, kind of like moments. But like it's it's, I mean, that's not that's not a bad thing, but at the same time, he like still is able to like put a little bit of humor behind it, but not like mm-hmm. overtly humor humorous. You're just like, oh, okay, cool. It lightened the mode because it, it keeps the, mood the, the movie going right. It's not so heavy yeah. that you can't watch it, but it's not so light that you can't take it seriously. And there's a point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so in terms of his directing, like I think his directing is was really great. Uh, with this with this movie, I I can't really think of a problem I had with his directing. Um, no, no, I can't I can't really say I, at the moment I can't really think of anything I didn't like about. I his know directing. that you were trying to figure out what the fuck he was trying to say. I think it was yeah. much more apparent after the first two movies he did, mm-hmm. and I think the things that you were trying to get at when we were talking yesterday. Mm was like thing i guess it went over my head because to me they're almost like a given it's like it's like trying to teach someone how to breathe yeah yeah I, so I and then i'm like oh yeah if i think about it you're right but like yeah and we'll we'll get into that in the spoiler section because i feel like that's that really spoils uh some of the movies uh some of the movie as well yeah i would yeah mm-hmm. um what else what else what else <sighs> Actually, no, I think, that, I think that's all I have to say without getting to spoilers. Do you have anything to add to it? No, I think that's it. Okay, so we're going to get into our spoilers section. We're going to talk in great lengths about uh, Jordan Peele's Nope. But if you have not seen the movie Nope, here's your spoiler bumper right about now. Hola. Um. All right. So the spark, the spark, <laughs> the part that was scaring the ever living piss out of me was the scene when uh, the OJ character goes into the 
uh, what's it called? It's not a called the a stable. Stable goes into the stable where the horses are at because the lights turned on by themselves. The sprinklers came on by themselves, and the way how Jordan Peele does his directing, it's it's so well so well done. Where he has this shot where he sees the OJ character. You see the OJ character. He looks into like a dark room. There's like no light. And he like slowly backs away from it, walks away from it, and everything. And then now you're kind of seeing from OJ's point of view the same everything but you realize that something was standing there the entire time just like within the shadows mm-hmm. and i remember it's like that whole thing like mm-hmm. and i know this is gonna sound stupid and i think about it sometimes and i feel very stupid yeah but it's like sometimes i wonder about things that i can't see right like yeah like um a year or two ago i was like outside mm-hmm. where my car is and i saw another car in one of the parking spots mm-hmm. and i know the car i've seen the car before but it has tinted windows, mm. so you can't see if anyone's in there. But my brain was like, is there someone in there? <laughs> and I do that all the time, honestly. Yeah, yeah. But I couldn't tell. And I'm like, trying to... And I don't, it was not important. Mm. There was someone in there. I think because I think that's just your brain trying to like figure out like what the fuck am I looking at? And it's also like, I should be recognizing this because this is nothing different, nothing new. It's not like... And it should it shouldn't matter if there's someone in there or not. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it, but my brain was like, I need to figure this out. Yeah, exactly. And then like that. And then there was someone in there. Like, yeah, and then like, <laughs> and and when and what Jordan Peele did in that scene is that you had something that you had a, a, a like a, a shape, a shape. No, you had like a shot of like just like something just there, and it comes, it dawns on you like, holy shit, that was there the entire time. How did I fucking miss it? And my god, it's coming towards the camera. Yeah, because it was like part of like. It looked like it could have just been something that belonged there. Like it yeah. wasn't moving at first. Yeah, like it was like a part of a like a like something that was leaning up against the wall or something like that, yeah. right? And it's like and it's like there's no sound except like you just hear the footsteps, you see the per- the thing moving and shit like that. And like <laughs> you realize there's another one, but he was just in the next room just pieces out like boink, like that uh-huh. you're like oh, like that whole scene was so intense to watch. <laughs> intent, intent to sorry, so intense to watch. And then it cuts to like then it cuts to the, another alien just drops down, and Daniel Kaluuya's character does he does the thing that any self-respecting person would do and just punch it <laughs> like <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> and they kind of find out it was like one of the kids from like <laughs> of Stephen Yoon's kids and like. That was like a great like, oh like okay, let's take a breather, cause fuck all that, <laughs> fuck all that that happened. It was funny because you're like I fucking hate this movie, <laughs> but I was like I love watching scary movies with Mark. <laughs> it's the best. Yeah, cause like I like I, I I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a horror fan. I've been watching these movies since I was little, so it's there's not a whole lot. Th- th- I'm sorry, not there's a, there's a there's a lot a director has to do to actually scare me like in, in a film um sometimes i can even like calculate when it's gonna happen like mm-hmm. when i'm like all right it's right here it's gonna happen and then it normally does uh-huh. um but like whenever it whenever somebody gets me it they fucking get me and there are times where kelsey and i have watched horror movies together and she sees me just like <laughs> like tense well like your thing is that you get tense and you get scared <laughs> i jump oh yeah <laughs> You've seen me jump like straight out of my fucking chair. Yeah, I didn't. Didn't you jump while watching this? I feel mm-hmm, like there's. A, I did. Was it that scene, the alien scene, or I feel like there's something else that you, you really jumped at? I think it was that. 
I don't okay. know. I don't really remember. Okay. But I know I did jump at one point. Yeah. Um, so, so going back into Jordan Peele's uh, directing and his writing of this movie, he does this thing that I thought was so great with with the the alien that was there and the fact that like they they show like little they show snippets of it in the trailers um but like it's like you're led to believe like oh this is just an alien ship there are aliens gonna come out of it it wasn't even that it was it was the fucking alien itself yeah it was a living being yeah which i thought was totally fucking badass i thought that really like changed i mean Alien creatures is nothing different in sci-fi films, sci-fi horror films and stuff like that. But at the scale that they kind of did that where it like tricks the the movie lets you to believe that it's a ship, but no, the ship is the actual creature. And actually, I feel like the trailers kind of lead you to believe that this is an alien abduction movie. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And honestly, I don't even think you could consider that thing like a true alien because they don't know... If it came from outer space, if it was on the oh, Earth and yeah. never discovered before. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Because it was able to hide really well. Mm-hmm. Or, like, then they started treating it like it was just maybe a horse, like another animal. An animal that you have to tame, that you have to break and stuff like that. Which, yeah. I think that's where the movie really started doing something different. Like, it, I, I, and I think that's, like, what, maybe until, like, the second maybe like middle or close to the end of the second act where they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah because like they're yes they like the hero moment stuff like that but the fact that like the oj character was like it's just an animal you just have to break it like mm-hmm. that simple and it, that's why i was just like holy I know. shit this is i'm loving this i'm i'm loving all of this yeah it's go mcdonald's <laughs> i'm loving it <laughs> um so okay uh, one thing that we didn't cover in the non-spoiler section, what did you think of the special effects or the, or the CGI or how the creature looked or anything like that? Um, no, I'm a little on the fence. This is part of the reason why I don't know if how... Mm. how I know I like the movie. I just mm. can't put my finger on how much or how little. Mm. Because I like how it moves. Like when it, when you think it's a ship mm-hmm. and it kind of comes off as a ship and I think that's scary. Mm-hmm. And I, then it when you start to see it more, I think it's scary how it, it just kind of like sucks everything in. Yeah. And you can't get away from it. Yeah. And even some of the sounds that it makes, but like. Yeah. Even like the parts where like the alien had sucked like up all these people and you actually get to see the alien try to like digest his people which mm-hmm. is which was like very traumatic it's very like oh my god these people are being eaten alive and we're seeing it in action yeah um but when it transforms like it turns its insides out mm-hmm. it was really pretty mm-hmm. but almost too abstract for me like i couldn't wrap I my head that. around you're it you're talking about like towards towards like the close to the end of the movie right yeah yeah i will admit that like it's 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 interesting because like it, it, yeah in a way it was very it was very beautiful to watch like it looked like a like a big butterfly yeah so that was pretty interesting but yeah it was getting kind of too abstract or too weird to be like all right I think I'm kind of done with this yeah in a, in a way that's where I was at mm, okay okay I gotcha um but then you know I like how it ended. I don't know. Like it was like mm. this weird moment where I'm like, "What is this? What's going on?" Like they're, mm. I felt like they were trying to like, still play with the idea of taming it in a way, or mm-hmm. like getting it to like, you know, playing cat and mouse with it and like stop and go and all this. Yeah. Like okay, but it kind of felt like it was taking a long time, 
and um you didn't really know it was gonna end at some point you just were like when is it gonna end yeah because there no one's gonna help them yeah yeah and 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 the funny thing is like how this how this creature kind of like comes out and is it's successful about almost 100 percent of the time of getting what it wanted like as in like eating people and stuff like that you're almost like looking at this like okay this is like all, this is all like a suicide mission mm-hmm. like none of these characters are gonna come out at the end which i love how jordan pill is still keeping that up none of the characters die i mean i'm sorry the only character that that did die was michael wincott's character oh michael wincott's and steven yun's character but i think that was um in relation to like what he was trying to say with the film mm-hmm. about how um when you become obsessed of being viral when you be, when you become obsessed of having the next thing that's gonna like make you famous mm-hmm. how that like destroys you Right, and I think that worked well because, um, in some cases, it, it when uh, the Kiki Kiki Palmer's character and Diane Cooley's character when they're doing it, like they were they were they were doing it for to try to like get a clear shot, uh, uh, either a picture or like a video uh, clip, a video clip of the alien. Um, but it seemed like they were doing it so they can keep the father's farm. And where Stephen Ewan's character and Michael Wincock were doing it, they were doing it for like fame and glory. I don't you know. Kiki Palmer said a lot of times about how they're going to be rich and famous. Yeah, but I, that's the thing. I think she, her character that her character had like turned and learned from that, and was understanding that like this is not worth it. Because I remember there were times where she was like, "We gotta get the fuck out of here. We can't be doing this." Yeah. And and uh, uh, OJ's character, the OJ character, was like, "No, we're staying here to doing this." But you can tell he was doing this because the, this creature had killed his father. Yeah. And he was like, you killed my father, so I'm going to go ahead and explore you. Like, that's my level of revenge. Yeah. Um, even, like, the part where he knew how to kind of, like, upset the stomach of the creature. Uh-huh. Which I thought it was like, oh, that's fucking clever. I really like it. It's like something so seen, something so easy as, like, the f- the stream of flags or whatever. He was like, oh, that's going to fuck up his stomach. Mm-hmm. That was, like, his, like, way of getting revenge, which I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Um. And uh, I guess we we should still talk too about um, Stephen Yun's part and the mm. chimp and all that. Yeah. So okay. Um, in the non-spoiler section, I said like, oh, you could have taken that out, and it would still have like not uh, disrupted the flow of the film. Um, now, Kelsey, like, what did you think that that what that whole thing was about the Gordy character? I'm I, sorry. I'm I feel sorry, like Jupe. yeah, Jupe. Um I feel like. The movie didn't need it, mm-hmm. but it was still great storytelling, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, it was kind of like a bonus in a way. Like, it didn't really yeah. matter that much, but here's why this guy is the way he is. Here's the trauma he went through as a child and how he processed it. Mm-hmm. And he's, I guess, maybe in a way trying to own it and, like, make it work for him, I guess. Yeah, but I... I, I but he's doing it in the wrong way. Yeah, I felt it was very exploitive. Right. Um, because, like, you know, the, the his character had witnessed... His character was part of a TV show where the main, one of the main jokes was, like, there was a chimp, like an actual chimp, and how the chimp just went crazy and started, like... like Eating this girl's face. Yeah, and, like, possibly, like, murder and, like, another one of his co-stars and stuff like that. But, like, how... Like even like that the, the the shot of the shoe that's just standing straight up, mm-hmm. how he like keeps that shoe in that exact position in his like private quarters and stuff like that. And he says that line of like, normally I charge a fee to like wash this room. Or to, to for people to see this room. Mm-hmm. Which is like this is like a traumatic time in history that's been caught on tape and you're like, 
I'm going to go ahead and make money off that. Yeah. Um, but also he went through it. So it's like, where do you draw that line yeah. of it's exploitive or this is something I went through. So fuck you. I'm going to make money off of it. Yeah, that's that's very true. Like, if you think about it, like mm-hmm. different races go through that mm-hmm. different like like women kind of go through that, too. Where they're like, if I want to weaponize my body and like use it for sex and make money, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, okay, so with that being said, um, you know who Logan Paul is, right? Yeah. So do you know one of the things, one of the most controversial things that he ever did? I think it had something to do with suicide. Yeah. So him and his friend, they went to Japan and they went to this forest. I think it's called like the suicide forest or something like that, mm-hmm. where people go there and who have killed themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. And him and his friend went there like tourists laughing. Like, ah, oh, blah, 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 right? And uh-huh. it was very, very, very poor taste. Very, very exploitive, right? Mm-hmm. And he was known, that was one of the things, that was a, one of the most controversial things he was known for. And he did his whole apology, like, I'm so sorry, and, and, you know, I didn't understand the culture, blah, blah, blah. It was, you know, he did his apology, it was still kind of, it was still fucked up, but still and like. it fell flat. Yeah. So, Logan Paul g- did his own little review of Nope. And uh-huh. saying that the movie's bad, he didn't get it, it's slow, it's stupid, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of people are pointing out, like, that's so funny because that's what Jordan Peele is talking about. You spe- Not you specifically, but the fact that people use viral marketing or use exploitive uh, tactics to, like, get noticed. Yeah, like, all of a sudden, he's, like, a fucking UFC fighter. And yeah, he's more of a boxer or now. something. But he boxes people who clearly shouldn't be in the ring. yeah. But it, like he wasn't doing that before, and it was just a fucking stunt. Yeah, exactly, and that and that's the thing he does. He does these like exploitive things to like be, to stay relevant, and which I think is what the movie is trying to say. Like especially the fact that like somebody from TMZ, a character who works from TMZ, shows up, and it's uh-huh. just like, yeah, that seems about right. Yeah, somebody would like try to come in and exploit that and get like money for it and everything. Uh-huh. You know, it just kind of like there's just a kind of a a way you lean on to when you think of like the Steven Yeun character, what he was going through and why he was doing it, why the Michael Wincock character was doing this or why the Dan Coulier and Kiki Palmer were doing this. You know, it, it kind of, I think it kind of tells what type of person you are depending on wh- whose side that you fall on. Right. Which I have to ask whose side do you fall on, Kelsey? I'm with Daniel Coulier. Okay. Kiki is kind of too much for me. I like her, but mm. she's too loud. She gets me scared because like, if I was in that movie, mm. I wouldn't want to be anywhere near her because she's so fucking loud. It's like, those are the people that always get killed first. Mm-hmm. So, mm. like... I can see that. I can see that. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm more on the Dianaculia side of, like... Especially, like, what he was trying to do of, like, no, I'm doing this because, one, we need we actually need money for this farm because this... Uh, oh, sorry, this ranch that has a long history, you know, that's in their family, which makes sense. And after a while, he's like, I'm tired of my horses getting eaten. Yeah, and I want to get my horses back. I'm tired of selling them. I want my horses back, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even, even like with how the Steven Yeun character had a horse, and he was willing to push that horse and feed it. I don't think that's the first time he did it. I think that's, Oh, I don't think it either. No. That's when it dawned on me. I, mm. like, um, OJ was never going to get his horses back. Yeah. Because yeah. I think that he was buying his horses and feeding them to the fucking thing exactly exactly and there's even that line where uh michael wincock's character is saying like yeah we'll just use the horses to feed them and um the angel character is like got two horse people here and and oj's like nope 
not doing it. Not feeding my fucking horses, you know, which like, all right. We know like where his moral comp, his moral compass is at. Yeah. Um, would you feed it a horse? No, but I would try to get that shot. Like. You wouldn't save your life. You wouldn't even think about it. Honestly, we we mean we mean I wouldn't save my life. Like, like because they're like you need to feed it the fucking horse. Like I felt like they thought it was gonna somehow keep them from sacrificing themselves to be eaten. The you talking about OJ o, the OJ character and well like Angel yeah. Angel's like or the Michael Wincott guy. Mm. Like I felt like they would they would sacrifice the horse so that they could live. Yeah, that, but that's the thing. Like I, what I felt with with the OJ character is that he was being he was being smarter than them. He was like, no, there's another way we can get, we can get around this. Yeah, that's true. And and he did. He like figured it out. You know, it was like some careful planning stuff, which that plan was kind of convoluted of yeah. how to get the alien out, but it it did work for the sake of the movie. Yeah. Um. But I would be. I still would be obsessed to try to get that shot. And I, and honestly, like, I would I would try to do this. To overcome my fear, mm-hmm. it would be like if I can do this, like I've I've now closed that part of of my of my life, mm-hmm. that whole fear thing of aliens <laughs> adopting me. <laughs> um, so b- before we t- before we end this segment, I do want to quickly talk about which I think is the best, uh, one of the best scenes in the movie is the night scene, where like they have to cl- like carefully like get to the house or get to the the no the, um it's at night is when the it's when the ship like rings blood on the house uh-huh and how they're like trying to figure out like how to survive and everything like that mm-hmm. and how the daniel coolia character figures out like oh don't look at it that's how you get because it's like an animal you never look the animal in the eyes mm-hmm. and even I, though you kind of can't tell where the fucking eyes are I see a giant hole. That's all you need to worry about. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I thought I thought that whole scene. I thought that whole scene was like really well done. Yeah. Um, especially like how um, one thing that I've I've noticed has been a problem with Hollywood and even like mainstream photography is that there's not a lot of photographers that know how to shoot black skin. Like they don't know how to do the lighting for it correctly. They like overexposure. They underexpose it and stuff like that they, they, they just don't have the mindset to figure that out and jordan pill you know knows how to do that well mm-hmm. or, or or his his cinematographer i don't remember who uh who did the cinematography for this work but like they were like spot on and like keeping it like well lit and perfect and like keep you engaged with the characters not kind of like it's a too dark it's a too light you know i did honestly i don't agree with you okay i felt like I could just barely see what was happening. Mm, okay. And I think that's where they wanted it to be. Uh, yeah. Okay. So the cinematographer is Hoyt Van. <laughs> Hoyt Hoyt Van Hoytman. That's that's the person's <laughs> name. Hoyt Van Hoytman. Uh, he's no wonder he's from Switzerland. That's why that name is <laughs> odd to me. <laughs> oh, he does it. Um. Check out this dude's work. He's done cinematography for Tenet, Interstellar, Dunkirk, and, and Ad Astra. Oh shit! And he's doing the cinematography. Or he he's a uh, he's doing the uh, he's a director. He's a he's the DP for uh, Oppenheimer. Oh, Nolan's next film. Nice. Uh, so this yeah, 
He got he got got good got a good work there. Got good work there. Spectre. Her her. Tinker Taylor Solar Spy. Oh my god. This dude's work is great. <gasps> Let the right Oh my I'm sorry, I'm just looking at this dude's work. I'm like, wow, this dude has amazing work. <laughs> um Yeah, that's all I have to say about no. And uh so yeah, definitely check it out. I think it, I I've heard people being there. It's a decisive movie, um, but I I enjoyed it. It's not his. It's not his get out. I feel it's, like even us was maybe better than this one. I I feel like this is Nope is is a lot more uh, rewatchable mm-hmm. than us. Um, it's not much of a thinker like Get Out or Us. Um, the cards are kind of laid out there. But I think it still is very entertaining to watch. Yeah. And uh, different. So it's like. Yeah, definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um, so check this out. Jordan Pitt. So this movie was number one at the box office, right? It's been a while since an, an original film got number one at the box office. Okay. There were two films prior to that. Number one at the box office. Right. Original films. Guess what movies were they? What? Get Out and Us. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, Jordan Bell, you know, you know the fuck he's doing. <laughs> uh, so what's your final say on, on this movie? I say check it out. You know, you got to figure out if you love this movie or not. Mm, definitely, definitely. All right. What do we got next? Next, we're going to do my favorite part that I've been waiting this whole time to do. Mm-hmm. We're going to do Deathbed Do-Over. For a second, I thought I, you pressed the wrong button. I know. Because I was like, la, 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 la. I'm like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, Deathbed Do Over. It's been a while. I feel like it's been like two years. It's been a while since we've done Deathbed Do Over. So for those who aren't familiar with it, uh, this part of the show is, or this segment is where Kelsey and I. Take a movie that had a strong first act, strong second act, and kind of shit the bed in the third act. Uh, or not even not even necessarily just the, the entire third act. Maybe like the last five or ten minutes. It's just like, mm, you almost had me there. And it just didn't work out. Um, so that for this week, we are going to do... Uh, we're going to do... Why? I just forget the dude's name. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan's uh, Cause, Signs. Because you don't know his name because you always call him M. Night Shyamalan Ding Dong. Shyamalan Ding Dong. Uh, yeah, the 2002 film that stars uh, Mel Gibson, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, Roy Culkin, uh, Abigail uh, Burslin. Um Can I go first? Yeah, yeah. So, of course, yeah, yeah. So, Kel- so we're gonna what we're going to do, we're going to try to improve the movie at the third act. You know, this isn't necessarily... Our, our it's not t- necessarily like this is going to make it better, but it's going to make us feel better about it. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have a, we're gonna have a bit of fun of it. So, what's what's your deathbed door? <laughs> oh God. Okay. The aliens came to Earth to exterminate the humans. Mm. We know this already, but what we didn't know is why. Mm. Over the course of hundreds of thousands of years, people have adapted to life in space. We humans evolved for space travel and hostile planets. Mm. We could not, however, evolve a better conscience. Mm. We still had the what if we killed Hitler as a baby debate. You see, our time in space over all that time was fraught with peril, 
mistakes, and power struggles. So the Mm. moment we learned how to travel back in time, we went back to Earth circa 2002. Mm. Yes, the aliens are actually humans evolved, and we came back to kill Elon Musk on the cusp of getting (laughs) SpaceX off the ground. If we kill him, we die on Earth like how we were always meant to, thus ending our prolonged suffering as a human race. I looked it up. SpaceX was found in 2002. Whoa! (laughs) I like it. And that's dark as fuck. (laughs) Okay. All right. So this is my death by door. So the aliens come down, right? They have been monitoring everybody. They're monitoring this family. They're, um, you know, during the course of the movie, it's, it's, we're led to believe that the aliens might be invading or attacking the planet Earth, right? Um, and then the movie, you know, it plays out where, you know, their weakness is water. Uh, they, you find out, like, they were kidnapping people and they were taking them away and stuff like that. So the aliens fly off, right? Defeated. And they're just like, oh, man, what the fuck? So one of the aliens goes to the leader of the aliens and it's like, so what's what happened with the mission? What went wrong? And let's just say one's name is Jeff, another one's name is John. Jeff looks at John. John's the boss. Hit the mic. John's the boss. Jeff is like, hey man, like we went down there. You know, we were trying to help them. We were trying to cure them of their of their diseases, of their undiagnosed illness and stuff like that. We were, but there was just a miscommunication, and they thought we were trying to attack them, so we went to these tactics of gassing them to knock them out and take them. Jeff hits John across the head. Like, what the fuck you do that for, man? Didn't you try to communicate? He's like, yeah, but we gave him signs. We literally like gave him the signs that we, it's not our fault. They didn't get it. Um, and then they just leave because earth wasn't listening. (laughs) Okay. My turn. Okay. The aliens were the dumb ones of their race. (laughs) I already like this. (laughs) They broke off when society didn't accept them and made their own way across space. Mm. They never learned to read or write. (laughs) They could draw, though. Hence the crop circles. Oh, my God. So stupid. (laughs) None of them really knew what each other's drawings meant, but it made them feel important. (laughs) They didn't last long on Earth, though. They hadn't taken a shower in so long like angsty teenagers don't sometimes because they hate showers. The end of the movie was them being overly dramatic about touching water for the first time in ages. None of them actually died. I'm dying. Oh my god, that's so stupid. <laughs> Alright. Alright, so we're in the third act, right? Um... The alien has Rory Culkin's character. He's holding him, holding him. You know, he's possibly going to gas him. Mel Gibson's character, Joaquin Phoenix's character, they're looking. They don't know what to move. Mel Gibson's character looks at Joaquin Phoenix's character. It just says, swing away. Swing away. Joaquin Phoenix takes a sign of like, oh, take the bat. Start swinging. So he starts swinging. And, and he just hits the alien. Just boom, 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 right? Knocks out the alien, kills it, right? But then he keeps swinging. He just... Swinging nonstop, right? He starts connecting with the father, with the kids, with the daughter, just ah, going crazy, right? Uh-huh. And then um, at one point, the scene just starts changing, just 
find out we're in a dream sequence the person starts waking up and it's Riggs from Lethal Weapon he had a Vietnam flashback in his dream and it was just violently beating the shit out of his family it was just another bad night for the Riggs oh my god Last one for me. The sunlight on planet Earth was the best they had experienced in a long time. They just wanted somewhere they could walk around in their birthday suits. But people fucked it up for them with their screaming and crying. They started to feel bad about themselves and humans are annoying. So they tried killing everyone for some peace and quiet. (laughs) It just made it worse. So they left. Not because of the water. Because they hated people. I feel like this is like a little bit of you in in that story. Yeah. <laughs> he sounds like. It, it well, kinda they s- just want to be naked. Yeah. <laughs> and people are just fucking screaming and crying, whatever. The most angry, violent nudists in the galaxy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> All right. So, this is my last one. Okay. So, the aliens leave defeated, right? <laughs> but one of them left something behind. It's an egg. Weird shape egg. Kind of big, right? Looks very familiar. Possibly a xenomorph egg, maybe? So they fly off into space, right? And they get to the mothership. They talk to the leader. And the leader looks nothing like them. It's a hierarchy type of alien race, right? It's alien that stands in front of them. Mandibles on his face. Dreadlocks. (laughs) High level technology. It's the Yaucha. It's the Predator. <laughs> Earth was a testing ground. The, the Predators sent the aliens down there to scope out the humans and see how long they can, like, if they could defend themselves or not, right? And that egg was a xenomorph egg, and it was a queen egg. The movie ends. <laughs> the hunt begins. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The movie Fuck ends. <laughs> Fucking three crossovers <laughs> in one sitting. <laughs> oh, man. God, I miss doing these death overs. <laughs> going to do our geriatric cinematic of Fred Decker's Night of the Creeps. The night of the fall is finally here for Chris, Cindy, and JC. It's going to be the best night of their lives. But tonight is also the night of the creeps. From a world unknown comes a nightmare unimagined. First, they are under you, around you, on you, and then inside you. They get in through your mouth, and you walk around while they incubate, even if you're dead. This film came out in 1986, and the synopsis is, Alien brain parasites entering humans through the mouth turn their host into a killing zombie. Some teenagers start to fight against them. Directed and written by Fred Decker, it stars Jason Lively, Steve Marshall, Jill Whitlow, and Tom Atkins. 
legendary B actor Tom Atkins. Um, you know, before we started, uh, before we sat down and watched this movie, I. I really had a thought. I was like, I don't think I've actually seen this movie, right? Like some of it, it wasn't clicking to me. Uh-huh. Um, but then there was a particular scene that I, I did see. And I realized, holy shit, I have seen this when I was like seven. Oh, on like shit. HBO <laughs> at a at like on a black box. And wow. it, it was the bathroom scene with the, with the, um, with the JC character. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, okay, I have seen this movie. But clearly, I, like, I didn't really remember a whole lot of, of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I've like, I think I've, I think I've actually put this movie up as a choice like a few times for like uh, Jericho Cinematic. Um, but it seemed like this was like a perfect fit for it, which I'm glad uh, we did choose this. But um, the most important thing is uh, no one really gives a shit about what I think. <laughs> what matters is what does Kelsey think about this movie? I think. That you saying no one gives a shit about what you think Mm -hmm. is really important to this film since the aliens are shiny, slimy looking turds. I I think I remember saying they they look like hairballs that are stuffed into a used condom. (laughs) (laughs) I like this movie. Okay. I will forever have one particular scene seared into my memory. Okay. Okay. Before... Before we get into that, why did you like this movie? Um, it's a horror comedy. Mm. I always like horror comedies because they're gross and funny. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to be weird. Yeah, especially if they're like set in the 80s where like people were just, a lot of cocaine was being used. And then people were just going wild off that shit. Like I, I, know, I know you really love uh, The Reanimator. Uh, basket case basket case i know you really enjoy dead alive uh-huh um so you you seem to have kind of a, an affinity towards uh 80s comedy uh, not 80s comedy uh horror comedy films but particularly in the 80s yeah. because they just go fucking wild they just exactly. like let's just see how hard we can gross people I, out i feel like horror comedy mm. is like a analogy for me house please explain because, like, I go dark and I go funny. Like, I go dark and light. Mm-hmm. So I am the horror and I am the comedy. <laughs> That's funny. I, I would think you would kind of go with with more black comedy. But, like, bla- black comedy, it, it's funny. But, like, like the, the I, I don't remember where I heard this. But, like, to tell if you're in a horror, if you're, to tell if you're watching a black comedy film is, like, there's something that's funny that will happen, but somebody dies. That's like a definition of a black comedy film. Well, that too. I, uh, I don't. I don't think that there's. I mean, there is a difference, right? Mm. Because I think things are really funny, and I like laughing a lot. Mm. But black comedy is not. I don't think that they go as crazy and wild as no, no. They're the horror comedy. They're normally seen as serious, or in some cases, like very depressive, or very like, oh shit, I had like a realizing moment, you know, in, in those movies. Where in horror comedy, it's just like. It's just ridiculous mm-hmm. type fun. Besides black comedy, mm-hmm. I feel like that does kind of is kind of me, mm-hmm. and it just shows like when we're watching something mm-hmm. and something doesn't look right to me, and just start busting out laughing. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only one in the theater, and you're laughing because I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, okay, so, so what, what, what in particular that you 
uh, like in this movie? Like, what did you think of Fred Decker's uh, directing and, and writing? Um, the directing was actually pretty good mm-hmm. because I don't think it's actually as easy as you might think it is to put a movie like this together and for it to be cohesive mm-hmm. and not cheap looking. Yeah, th- like there are elements where it it is kind of like ridiculous. Um, particularly like the opening scene where you see uh, essentially little people in alien costume, mm-hmm. like running through a ship and stuff like that. You have almost like no idea what's going on. Yeah, you know, um, and it can it can come off as like ridiculous. Even like from there going into the next scene where like it takes place on Earth, but it's like 1950s, but it's in black and white. So it has this level of like cheesiness to it. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, but like then it's like you're whipped out of it when somebody just gets brutally murdered. Yeah. Like in a not in a not so fifties fashion. Exactly. So that's what I like about it. I, yeah. I like the the juxtaposition of horror and comedy. Mm-hmm. Um so uh what was what was the particular scene that that you enjoyed? the bus driver when they got into oh. <laughs> i keep seeing his eyes bulge out of his head in my like in my mind like, yeah that's the first thing if i think about night of the creeps all i see are the eyes <laughs> yeah bulging out. And, and the funny thing is like those eyes bulging out was not necessary at all nope they they were just there i remember when we were watching it and we we're like what the fuck and like we wound it like a couple of times like holy shit <laughs> um i i did like that um, one thing I, it's, it's kind of a negative for me, but not too much. It's like this movie, like I, and I, I think, I think the trailer really kind of does a disservice for this movie because the trailer is like night of the crease, you know, it's aliens who have turned people into zombies and blah, 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 and stuff like that. But for the most part, it's really just like a guy trying to get to know a girl and there's just so happen to be an alien invasion going on yeah. at the same time. You know, there's like this little like weird turd looking things it's like walking like sliming around or some shit like that and it's not until like at the end of the second act where it's like oh it's getting really intense now yeah um there is uh one thing i i really did enjoy is the tom atkins uh his character like the b story and how his character had like murdered a serial killer and he's been like keeping it inside him for like all these years until he tells that kid. And the um, kid's like, Should you be telling me this? Yeah, yeah. He tells Chris, like, why are you confessing a murder to me? You know? Um, but I, I, I like that because how the Tom Atkin, Tom Atkins character, Car- Ray Carmen, is very torn about like Ray Cameron. Oh yeah, Ray sorry, yeah, Ray Cameron. How his his ex-girlfriend is it was brutally murdered and shit like that mm-hmm. and i like the fact that like the murderer who he buried uh comes back to life for some reason with the axe <laughs> he already has the buried axe him with, with the axe yeah he buried him he buried the axe with the with the with the body you know <laughs> given that creek given the the bot given the zombie like creature a weapon um like I, I like that part where they eventually ca- catch up to the to the uh, the zombie serial killer, and like they corner him and they're like shooting at him and stuff like that. He turns around and he he has this like this evil smile, the skeletal smile and shit like that. And then that's when he like shoots like Tom Atkins blows his head off with a shotgun. And you just see the 
like the squirmy <laughs> things come out. I remember going, Ew! like freaked out with that. There was one other scene that was particularly kind of gross to me. And mm. I think it was when the one guy, um, <clears throat> the guy that the cop's girlfriend was on a date with. Uh-huh. He's he's oh, the, the blonde guy, right? Mm-hmm. He's oh, the yeah. one that they found in the in that lab. Okay. So he gets loose and whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, and he yeah, yeah, yeah. The up guy, to the yeah. window. Yeah. Of where his girlfriend used to stay, but now it's like thirty years later. Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's it's now it's now Chris's love interest, who's played by Jill uh, Withlow. So. It was really gross because she like opened the window and yeah. his head almost looked like a vagina. <laughs> exactly yeah it's just shooting out turds it's flying out and shit like that um yeah and like i, I like how it it's it, it just keeps ramping up like it just keeps getting gorier and gorier and like there's even that there's even that scene where um where chris and cynthia are like stuck in that shed and Cynthia gets pulled, and Chris like pulls out a lawnmower and like runs it over like the guy's head, mm-hmm. the the zombie guy, and everything. That's when he turned on the lawnmower. I'm like, yes, I know. Which, which uh, remind me a lot of Dead Alive. I was like, oh, they Fred Decker must have saw Dead Alive and was like, oh, I gotta use that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. So yeah, it just kind of like just keeps ramping up, you know, with all that kind of stuff. And I thought it was actually pretty badass when uh the Chris when the Chris character and Ray uh, Carmen, uh, I'm sorry, Cameron, uh, are working together and like how they've already like figured out this plan of like, oh, shoot them in the head and then flamethrower their ass and shit like that. Yeah, because right? their, um, their weakness is fire. Yeah. And which actually, you know what, works in conjunction of us talking about science. Their weakness is water. Oh, yeah. In this movie, their weakness is fire. Ta-da! <laughs> Um, These aliens keep just choosing planets that have air. I know. It, it, yeah, just don't know. Like what you I'm, need air for both of those things. Yeah, actually, which is something that's in War of the Worlds. The air kills. Uh, spoilers for like a six-year-old movie that the aliens are defeated by germs. It, yeah, bacteria and germs and shit yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but like that, it, I thought I like I absolutely love that scene where. The Cynthia character is wearing the flamethrower and just burning the shit out of everybody. Yeah, I was like, "That's fucking bad!" Like, oh my god, it's so sexy seeing a woman like that with a, with a weapon. It's it remind me, it remind me of like Sigourney Weaver in Aliens. Uh. It remind me of of Linda Hamilton in Terminator Two with a shotgun, mm-hmm. just her with a flamethrower and that dress. I'm like, marry me right now. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who won't marry anyone once, no. Cynthia. This is a fictional character, so you know it's not going to happen. <laughs> I can say that. <laughs> crisis averted. I had a crisis averted, seriously. Um, one, one thing that actually did bother me, and this is just because of my, uh, my tryptophobia, is when you see the aliens in the corner, and they're like oh, all yeah, together that like that. Oh, yeah, that was really weird. It looked really gross to me. And like I said, that's because of my tryptophobia. I was just like, ooh, that makes me feel very, very uncomfortable. Well, it made me feel uncomfortable, too. And I, I, I think I have it, too, but not as severe as you. Yeah, mine can get pretty bad. But for me, it's just like anything that's cornered makes me uncomfortable. Mm. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. As long as it's alive. Because if it's alive and it's in a corner, mm. it wants to get out of that corner. Well, you never put a baby in the corner. Well, it wasn't a baby. Fuck, it you don't even know what that's from. Yeah, I do. Where? Uh, that dancing movie. 
Mm, that's called the dancing movie. <laughs> Dirty, Dirty dancing. Dirty dancing. I couldn't remember, and I'm like, you know, the dancing movie. <laughs> the dancing movie. They were like clean dancing, I think, maybe. Salsa dancing. Soapy dancing. Soapy dancing. <laughs> there was like some detergent dancing. <laughs> yeah, that's what um, that's what Selena was talking about with the washing machine. Hey, go, please explain this. Did you? Know, you didn't watch that movie. Which movie? The one with Jennifer Lopez. Selena. Yeah. I haven't seen that movie since I was like my teens. Oh, so you did watch the movie. Yeah, the only part I remember is, and I'm sorry to say, I kind of laugh is at the end. <laughs> remember when she's a kid? Okay. She's at the beach with her mom and her dad. Okay. And some music is playing, and her mom teaches her how to do this dance, and you're like, oh yeah, we used to call it the washing machine. You don't remember that part? No, I don't remember that part. Well, I remember that part. Okay. Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> I don't remember why I said it now. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Dancing. Yeah. Dirty dancing. Soapy dancing. Washing Wash, machine. Washing machine dancing. You folks can't see this, but Kelsey was actually, like, kind of moving. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, okay. What, I mean, I feel like this is kind of pointless, but I feel like we should talk about it. What do you think about the acting? Um. Any, any, char- any actors or characters that, like, stood out? Uh, for you that you like didn't like anything like that i feel like sometimes when it's a movie like this as long as they don't annoy the fuck out of me i'm cool mm-hmm. so i don't have a high standard for, <laughs> okay. for the acting in these kinds of movies as yeah. long as it's entertaining mm-hmm. um i jill whitlow's voice was annoying i don't like how high-pitched it was mm-hmm. and i don't think that was her real voice i think she mm. the, like was talking high like that because oh, i'm supposed to be sweet yeah okay so i that was annoying to me mm. Um, I kind of liked Jason Lively. Okay, the Chris character. Mm. Yeah, because he, like, he seemed like he was really, like, a regular dude. He was like, what the fuck am I going to do now? Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also Steve Marshall was really good, too. He, out of, I, I mean, out of, out of all the characters that I like, I mean, obviously, like, Tom Atkins is up there, but, like, I really like Steve Marshall's character. Um, like, it's, it's. It, it's the it is the typical eighties. This is this is the main character's friend who's obviously really funny and stuff like that. But like some of the stuff he said was actually pretty fucking funny. Like the favorite, my favorite part with uh, them in the dorm room. What what was that part? Which- where uh, J C, where you know, like the uh, Steve Marshall's character uh-huh. basically tells um, Chris, like "fuck you" mm-hmm. after they got out of that lab mm-hmm. and they had run back to their dorm. Yeah. And he's like, you are the one who wants to talk to this fucking girl. I'm never going to get laid. But I figure I might as well help you. Uh-huh. And, you know, i got to have a little bit of fun along the way because you can't take everything so fucking serious. And here you are. Mm. Nothing's good enough for you. Blah, 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 blah. Mm. And um, so he's like, fuck you. <laughs> he got real on him. He, he, he became almost Italian. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> fuck you, Caipano, or some shit like that. <laughs> I've never heard that word before. I, I it's an Italian word that I just made up. Oh. <laughs> um, one thing, one thing I actually, I, know. Okay. I know. One thing I, I think I made that up. Uh, <laughs> one thing I did admire about this movie is that the JC character is clearly handicapped, but it's in no way discussed, like at all. Be, and the the director has said because someone had to ask him about like why didn't like what was the backstory with the JC character being some type of like. Uh, I guess degenerative disease or whatever, where he can't really use his legs. He was like, 
He's like, I didn't really want to have a backstory like that because that would have been the focus of the movie to that. This is not the movie for it. We just wanted to. It's just it. It we we just saw this character. You know, he has he has a disability, but it, that doesn't define the character. That's not all we just see. We just see a guy. Yeah. Period. You know, stuff like that, which I thought it worked well in in this case. Because you're not focused movie. on it really. Yeah, it doesn't like take you out of the movie. You're not just like. I mean, there was a couple of times I was like, he's moving pretty fast on those crutches. I though. know. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like I thought, I thought, it, I thought it worked well. Um, oh, so, okay. The, the, the creature design, the little slimy, mm-hmm. weird aliens and the zombies and stuff like that. What did you think of that, of that design? I thought they were like, what could we make that we could make a lot of mm-hmm. that we could easily maneuver that wouldn't cost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Things that look like poop. <laughs> that's what i think <laughs> you know there's um like they're they're kind of gross right they're mm. not exactly like creepy i think how they move really fast is creepy oh yeah absolutely but they're more gross than they are creepy so mm. i'm like it works yeah i wouldn't say that i love it it doesn't like it's make not... the movie for me yeah um what about the what about the 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 creatures like the zombies and stuff like that what about you think about the that design um, oh, that's one thing that bothered me. That design, mm-hmm. it was like, I don't know. It's like they got possessed by these aliens. They immediately look like they've been decaying for like three days. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the thing that bothered me the most is when people could clearly see that they looked different or like, hey, what's up, bro? I know, right? Like, like how no. like how the Cynthia character saw her ex-boyfriend and she was like, all right, let's talk. Not noticing that his pupils are completely white. His skin looks like it's it's about to fall off. I know. <laughs> Just like, no, 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 no. All dumbfounded and like, like oblivious to the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so, so back to what I said earlier about the JC character being handicapped, uh, Fred Decker was asked during an interview, um, about Steve Marshall or JC, the JC characters, his, his, his disability. Um, and he replied, there's no reason aside except that we just don't see it. You can make a movie with a character who's handicapped without the story being about the fact that he's handicapped. Period. Yeah. Period. He was just like, yeah, like there's no point to it. Like. I just wanted to have a character. He has a disability. Like, what's the point of pointing that out? Yeah. And also, like, why not? Like, Mm -hmm. let's have a little bit of variety in our fucking stories. And, like, there were, like, no black people, but whatever. (laughs) No, there was one black person in the background. Oh, yeah. The one who looked like he was from an L.A. street game. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) They're in college, but let's make him look like a thug. (laughs) Let's just make him look gangster. What we think a gangster looks like. Um, <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> so I, I feel... Let me see. So James Gunn, he did a movie um, called Slither. Um, which... Who did? James Gunn. He oh. did a horror film called uh, Slither. Um, and if you watch Slither, and if you watch Night of the Creeps... There's a lot of similarities to it. Like one is the creatures that come out, uh-huh. they slither across. They're alien creatures. When they take hold of you, they possess your body and make you do things you don't want to do. Uh-huh. Except like they kind of in, in slither, they kind of like mutate the body more past than like an alien. More like 
I mean, more, more, uh, past like zombie, more like just grotesqueness and shit like that. That makes me think of a movie called, I think, Puppet Master. Or like Puppets, Puppeteer. Um, something about like, they would get into the back of your neck and then they would take you over and they would speak through you. Oh, I'm trying to remember. That does real, sound really familiar. But it had like Puppeteer, Puppets. Um, so, it, the, so there's this article I saw... On I just found on Screen Rant uh, came out in 2020. It's called Souther, How James Gunn's James Gunn's movie was inspired by the thing. Um, but in the article, it goes a bit further. It says even even with the cast of well-known genre names like including Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Greg Henry, Jenna Fisher, and Rooker Michael Rooker, the film failed to find a wide audience. However, the film garnered positive no- notice and soon developed an enthusiastic cult following through video and cable showings. Gunn's clever script and meandered genre. Uh, I'm sorry, Marriott genre references gave fans reason to revisit the film multiple times. Obvious influences include Night of the Creeps, which was singled out early by horror films Cronenberg's Shivers and Gordon's From Beyond. But there was another film that served, uh, also served as an inspiration for the uh, for the horror parasitic that was a bit more subtle. And it goes on about how the thing inspired um, uh, inspired. Uh, his movie Slither. But like there's certain elements of Slither that look like Night of the Creeps. Yeah. Um, and that's why I just remember watching Slither and I was like, I feel like I've seen this movie before. I just couldn't pinpoint it. And when, when I was like looking at the trailers for Night of the Creeps, I'm like, oh, I think that's where it's from. I think that's where I'm getting it from. <laughs> gotcha. But I don't I, I don't see a quote that like James Gunn is like, oh, yeah, like definitely like Night of the Creeps. But like it seems anybody who watches two movies, you'll be like. All right, I see that. I can definitely see that. Um, but yeah, Kelsey. Yes. Final question. Final I'm, question. I'm listening. Do you think this movie still holds up? I'm on the fence about it because I'm going to say no, mm-hmm. but I still love it. Okay. It doesn't hold up, but it's definitely a fun movie to watch. Yeah, I, I will. I will pretty much say the same thing that it doesn't hold up. Obviously the effects don't hold up, but it is still a fun movie to watch. It's like a clean hour and 29 minutes. There's a bit of comedy, there's some romance. And then the third act, it just starts getting bloody and then violent. Mm-hmm. And then like, grotesque. I like, and I think that's, that's, that is, that still makes this movie I found a it. good movie. What it's would you call the puppet masters? The puppet masters came out in 1994. Okay, I'm ashamed. It says, The Earth is invaded by stingray-shaped alien slugs that ride on people's backs and control their minds. Oh, yeah, with Donald Sutherland? Oh. Did you ever watch that one? I think I did. I watched it, and I was freaked the fuck out because I was a kid. (laughs) I think I remember watching this late at night. Uh, I was six years old when that thing came out. Huh. That's funny how this movie is about alien creatures that take over people's bodies with the back of their neck, like stingray type creatures. And Donald Sutherland was in one of the most famous movies about aliens taking over, which is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel like this was like a made for TV movie. Uh, Let me see. Are you you sure he's related to Kiefer Sutherland? I don't know. You tell me. Um, let me see. Nope, it was, it was. No, it was a real movie. What, the, 
Which this movie? Yeah. No, no, it was a real movie. I was just looking if it was like uh, a made-for-TV movie or if it was released like on video or or oh. or, or I don't know. I thought theaters. I think it was released. I I feel like I might have seen this like on HBO or something like that. It does say there's like a Blu-ray special edition and stuff like that. Okay, all right. Barely remember that movie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I think about it sometimes. Do you really? <laughs> Here you go doing that thing again where I'm just like, hey, have you seen this movie? No. Have you seen this movie? No. Have you seen this movie? No. And then you tell me some random movie. I'm like, how did you watch that? Why that one? You know, like Jawbreaker. <sighs> Jesus. Um, so, yeah. Uh, anything else? No. No. I'm going to say nope. No. Nope. <laughs> Okay, so that's going to be it for our show over this week. We would like to thank uh, everybody for joining us on, on, on this very special episode where we talk none but aliens. <laughs> Nothing uh, but aliens and Dan Harmon. And Dan Harmon. <laughs> and Dan Harmon. Um, we would especially like to thank the folks over at Your Entertainment Corner for hosting this podcast on their, on their website. Uh, you can find all your film news, TV news, and reviews on yourentertainmentcorner.com. Uh, you can find this podcast on all podcast catchers. We're on Spotify, Apple. What's the one that you we You haven't really done use? this in a long time. I know. I'm like trying to remember what service we're on. We're on Pandora. We're, we're on all the podcast catchers. You can find us <laughs> anywhere and everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why you decided to do that. I know, it's right? It's been like over a year. I know. And you're like, I'm not going to do this. Everyone knows where to listen. And you stopped. And you're like, I know. hey. <laughs> I need to stop. <laughs> Uh, thanks for calling me out on that, Kelsey. I appreciate that. Well, it was funny, and I just want everyone else to laugh at you, too. I'm used to that. I'm used to that. <laughs> Even my therapist laughs at me. He's like, you're stupid, Mark. <laughs> no, nah, he's great. Um, so we're going to be back for next week. Uh, we are going to do a recent review of the Russo Brothers, The Gray Man. Um, the Gray Man is currently streaming on uh, Netflix. Um, um, real quick. Sure. Just so you guys know. Breaking Bad is leaving Netflix. That's not until like 2025. Is it really? Yeah, because I said the same thing because I'm almost finished because uh, I'm watching the, uh, I've called up to Better Call Saul uh-huh. and I'm watching every episode that is released now for like the final season. And I saw the article was like, uh, Breaking Bad is leaving Netflix. I was like, oh man, because I had made a decision that after <laughs> Better Deep Call Space Saul. Space Nine did that shit to you. Yeah, and I had done a decision. I was like, I'm going to rewatch Breaking Bad after Better Call Saul because now I know like the behind the scenes shit and what adds up and everything, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh man, are you fucking serious? And I read, I look at the date, 2025. I'm like, why the fuck did they even tell I know, us? right? Like, I got time. <laughs> fuck. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, never mind. <laughs> I mean, no, it's good. To, it's good to know. No, no, no. Never mind. Meep. <laughs> Meep. That, that's uh, me erasing everything I just said. Go ahead. <laughs> anyway. Meep. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna our recent review will be the Russo's bro, the Russo brothers, the Gray Man, now streaming on Netflix. Uh, with that, we're gonna do our geriatric cinematic, which is 1995's Heat. Finally. You know, a little bit of behind the scenes, uh, a little bit behind the scenes with the podcast. Normally, you know, a movie comes out. I, I do my research. I'm like, all right, this movie, 
what does that sound like? And I kind of go through like the roll of decks of, of films in my head. I'm like, all right, it sounds like this, 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 and, and this. And you hear the papers fluttering and it said, yeah, I pull all the file cam. Like, all right, all right, that one. No, no, that one. All right, cool. And I normally send like a number of trailers to Kelsey saying like, all right, this is what I have for an idea of where we want to go with the next week's episode, the top or the terpic. Um, and I'll send Kelsey like four to five like trailers. Right. And so, sometimes I'm like, all right, I kind of wanted to do this one, but I really want to do this one, you know, but she makes a decision. We got to go back and forth. We're like, all right, we'll do this one. So I sent her the trailer for Heat, right? Among other ones. There was yeah, Face Off. Face Off, uh, Three Days in the Condor, uh, North by Northwest. Um, I think that was it at the moment. All right, at the time I sent it to her. And she was like, oh, you should see what I what I chose. And I saw that she picked Heat. And I had the biggest fucking smile. I was like, oh, we're going to talk about Heat. We're going to talk about Heat now. Oh, my God. <laughs> So I was I'm very excited to like revisit this movie. This movie is like close to three hours long, but I've seen it multiple times. It's such a great Michael Mann film. And we're going to do it in the summer of the heat. <sighs> My God. We're going to watch heat in the heat. You know what? Yeah, I'm going to turn on the heat. I'm going to turn on your heater so we can watch it. And die? And die in the heat. <laughs> and be like, it's so beautiful. We're dying. <laughs> So anyway, uh, yeah, Michael Mann's uh, Heat, which is currently streaming on uh, AMC Plus, or is available to rent on Amazon, YouTube TV, Apple TV, Apple TV, and other VOD services. Um, oh, that's what I have for Terpic. The Terpic was like cat and mouse, but I was trying to think of something funny, but I couldn't. <laughs> I think you put that as a placeholder and forgot I know. about oh, it. Oh, I know what. Cat and mouse in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> You know what? That's going to be the title of the show. Just, ew. <laughs> Cat and mouse. I would say itchy and scratchy. No, we'll probably be sued by like Simpsons or some shit like that. Probably. <sighs> Fine. What? I mean, it's not like... <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm, for some reason, I'm worried about being sued, but we just talked about like hanging out with Dan Harmon's crew and videotaping their private moment and shit like that. <laughs> and be like, no, no, we'll it's be fine. Not super, I mean, it was not a private moment not like a private, that. Yeah, but, but, I, but I remember you said like, oh, I'm surprised you released it because, you know, they have money and we don't. Now here I'm like, no, oh, we can't use Itchy and Scratch. They're going to sue us. Well, we're not using it. We're just saying it. I know. I know. I'm, just, I'm just saying how, I'm, for some reason, I draw the line of concern when it comes to Two cartoon characters. (laughs) You have more respect for cartoon characters. (laughs) Yes, welcome to my world. (laughs) 